This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is not an isolated incident. Sadly, this is something we're seeing more and more of. Certainly, uh, members of this community have seen it, uh, but we're seeing increasingly uh, people in public life, people in positions of responsibility, particularly women, uh, racialized Canadians, uh, people of uh, minority uh, or uh, different uh, community groups, uh, being targeted almost because of the increasing strength of your voices, of your positions, of the impact you're having around the world and around our country. We're seeing a backlash. So that is the Prime Minister over the weekend being asked to comment on what he witnessed his deputy uh, leader confront, and that was Christian Freeland being kind of cornered in this um, building in Grand Prairie at the City Hall. She got on an elevator and was confronted by a guy probably uh, three times her size. You know, it's not new for politicians to be confronted, um, certainly uh, Jean Chrétien had pies to the face. You had Stephen Harper, who, uh, you know, a gunman stormed into his, you know, uh, into Parliament Hill. Um, but I think the divisions we're seeing in this country are about as bad as I've seen in my life. But what's the solution? Where does the finger of blame point? Well, I think it starts at the top. But then again, I think there's a lot of blame to go around. And so when the prime minister asks, you know, what kind of country do we want? I think we have to start with basic civility. But... I'm not sure how we get to that. Lisa Raid is a former minister and deputy leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. She is now out of politics, and I'm pretty sure, Lisa, you're not missing it right now. I am not missing it, Alex, but thank you for having me <laughs> it's on good the show to see today. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you make of it? I mean, you have been in public life for a very long time. Certainly you've seen uh, your share of, um, of, of toxicity. What, what do you make of what we're seeing today? So the reason why I actually said something about the video um, that we have all, I think, I hope we've all seen now with uh, Christia Freeland being cornered in an elevator. I said it for two reasons. Number one, it's for the first time in a long time, we're actually getting really good video showing what happens in these situations. And it kind of gave me a little bit of PTSD because I knew exactly, mm. I think I know exactly what she was feeling. I, I've been in those kinds of situations myself. I worried about the young women who were her support that day and, and what they, what was going through their minds. So that we're seeing it. And that kind of dredges up uh, uh, lots of lots of issues. And then, then there's the aftermath of everybody trying to explain it or diagnose it. Um, and the reality is, is that there's a lot of action that needs to happen around it and a full and fulsome discussion around it. And dare I say, depoliticization of it. It's got to be well, depoliticized. Yeah, well, I mean, the, poli like, maybe the we'll politics of somewhere on it. Yeah, I mean, the politics of the past, um, a lot of what happens in politics, you could get away with. I mean, you've been on campaigns, you know how the mud flies, you've got the war rooms that drudge up the stuff. I mean, politics of, you know, divide and conquer is not new. But when you got social media fueling this, and you've got uh, an environment where you've got people exhausted from a pandemic, 
worried about cost of living. We got world problems that we've never seen before. I mean, people are, as we've seen in the polling, are at a breaking point. And so the, the politics that may have played okay in the past, uh, I'm not sure we can get away with that anymore. Yeah, there's two pieces to it, right? Like I said, there's the diagnosis part where you can say, well, people are frustrated. And when people feel they're having something taken away from them, they're going to react. And that's what's mm -hmm. happening in a lot of cases, regardless if you're left wing, right wing, whatever. There's a reaction because you perceive something is personally being taken away from you. And then there's the accessibility side, meaning that you find a group of people who egg you on. Yeah. And if you were the lone gunman, you know, for lack of a better word, there's a reason why radicalization exists and is a known quantity, because a group of like minded people coming together to egg each other on so that one eventually takes action. Uh, that's the phenomenon you're seeing. Is it social media? Maybe. Is it just identifying groups? Fine. That's like there's a lot of reasons that it all happens, but we all have to we can't use it as a political weapon. And and I it really bugged me that this weekend became um, sort of a litmus test on who responded quickly enough and did they say right. the right thing. Yeah, and I, I didn't know. like that because this is this is bigger. This is much bigger than that. Well, well, it is. And I mean, we've got this argument about it's not about what a bit about isms. You can't just this is wrong. Well, but we have to get to the root issue of this, Lisa. I mean, we have a divide in this country where people are seeing one side get away with whatever they want, and then they get the finger wagging. And so they're re reacting to that. And on the other side, you've got people saying, well, just don't behave like that. I think there's just a disconnect between those in the ivory towers to what the real anger is in this country. And I mean, to your point, um, you know, we saw this with the G20 when it was in Toronto where, you know, this tribal um, action of breaking windows and, and going after and destroying the city of Toronto, it doesn't take much for people to get brought up and, and embroiled in that mob activity. Um, it's just, it, yeah. it's a tribalism thing that happens. And so you can get yourself into one of these kind of black holes of anger very, very quickly and think, I'm not that kind of person, but it is, you can be triggered into that. But you have to be able to point the finger at the top, and, and the guy at the top right now is Justin Trudeau. If he doesn't take responsibility for, for his actions and how he has divided and conquered, then how is anyone else going to then um, you know, take responsibility for their actions? I think tribalism is a really good way of describing what's going on because people are viewed now through the lens of their political um, partisanship. So yeah. this happens to a conservative, therefore, this is what the reaction is going to be. If this happens to a liberal, that's the reaction. If a conservative says something, um, they assume that there's an, a negative reason why he or she is saying it. If a liberal says that it, it's meant in good altruism, I mean, we really do have a problem in society with that. And did it start in a very early campaign where Mr. Trudeau decided he was going to paint Mr. Harper as, as, a, as a bad person? Yeah. I mean, that was part of the strategy and, mm -hmm. and it worked and, and it wasn't the, that's going negative as Warren Kinsella will tell you is something that happens all the time in politics, but the sustained negativity and the, and turning it away from, I guess, politicians going after each other to going after segments of society, that that's been the big change, I think. And that would be yeah. the thing that I'd put my finger on with respect to Mr. Trudeau. He has always taken a side and he's proud to take a side 
in terms of what he views as good people and bad people, and he calls them out. So if you didn't believe in vaccine mandates, you were uh, race, oftentimes found to be a racist or a misogynist are the quotes that he used. And that went, that wasn't about a politician. That was about a big segment of society, 15% of society. And that's the danger yeah. part. And that's where you do get people coming back at you. But even in his comments this weekend, I mean, I think the one thing he could have said, but he did not say is, hey, I also have to take uh, responsibility and I'll do my part. But without setting that tone, as long as you're just getting a finger wagging from the guy at top, you're going to reject that. I think the gut reaction for a lot of folks was to turn this into a political partisan movement, either within the conservative leadership race or uh, amongst parties. And that's a shame. What do you see as a solution? Do you see this being a solution? Because this anger is being tapped into. You see what's going on with the Pierre Polyevra uh, campaign. They're just, they're a, a magnet now for people who feel very disenfranchised. Where do you see this going? So I don't think that there is a solution to civil unrest. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I think it's going to yeah. be something that we're going to deal with. But what I do think is that there has to be mitigation. And the mitigation includes people knowing where they're going and what kind of gatherings there are and Mm -hmm. ensuring that where there is an opportunity to correct really bad language and really bad approaches to partisan issues that you take that opportunity regardless of whether you're conservative, liberal, NDP, green, block, whatever, that you take that opportunity. And, uh, and go after each other as politicians on policy matters, but don't go after the public and don't label sections. It's like the Hillary Clinton with the deplorables, yeah. right? And yeah. and quite frankly, it, I'm from East Coast. I'm sitting here in beautiful Cape Breton, Alex. Mm-hmm. And if you mention Mr. Harper's name out here, they still go back to the time when he called Nova Scotia a culture of defeat. It's never forgotten. Yeah. And that, that stuff sticks with you. It sticks with you and labeling of sections of population. So that would be my advice to Mr. Trudeau and his cabinet. And Mr. Biddle got in trouble, you know, uh, an MP in St. Catharines because he called somebody a racist because they were disagreeing with him on on Twitter. And he had to walk back a, a statement on it. You know, ignore that urge you have to engage with the member of the public or your voter and yeah. label them a certain way because that stuff's it's not politics and people take it very seriously in politics. You got a thick skin. It's part of the game. It ain't a game when you're talking to people. Very, very true. Nonetheless, uh, thanks for your view from the outside looking in where you were once upon a time inside looking out very much appreciate it. Enjoy Uh, that uh, view in the East coast. I will Alex. Thank you. And if I could give one piece of advice to female cabinet ministers and, and it's just, I know we love traveling and giving support to to a staff that is predominantly female, but in all honesty, if you're traveling in areas, um, you have to make sure that everybody on your team is trained. It, it, there's no other, you just can't do it anymore, yeah. regardless of what, if you're a cabinet minister, you're going to attract heat and light and you need to have people on your team who can protect you. And I think having the situation where you saw four women desperately trying to hit that button to close the elevator door, that, uh, that terrified me for their parents and for the minister herself. No question about it. Sad state, uh, but appreciate it. Thanks so much. You bet. Thanks, Alex. Have a good day. You too, Lisa Raitt. Once upon a time in politics and not missing it, no question.